You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 175, for the week of Wednesday, the 1st of July, 2015. This episode is brought to you by Modern Brick Warfare and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Kotobukiya Marvel Bishoujo Jubilee statue, the Marauder Attack Force Kickstarter figure, and the Sideshow Collectibles Premium Format Lobo and Dog statues. Mr. Ben, how are you? Spiffing. Hooray! As always. <laughs> cool. Well, we've got another um, two-person show with uh, contributions from others tonight. John is <laughs> meant to be with us, but the internet in Indiana is not cooperating presently. Um, so John is either going to join us later or send in his bits uh, later, and by the time... Uh, you hear this episode, you'll know the answer. Um, quite nice not being the butt of the slow internet jokes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for a change. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, there's like, there's slow internet and then there's no internet. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. Yeah, so, yeah, I, can, I can still hold my rifle. Yeah, place. oh, for sure. That's right. Yeah, slow and no are totally different. <laughs> yes. So, so what is the source of your, uh, spiffingness? Maybe that's not it. Like, oh, ha- no. <laughs> you know, just all, all the usual stuff, a um, few things happening. I actually uh, had a family trip to the movies today to see Minions. How was it? Yeah. <sighs> you know, I think it was a bit flat. <gasps> no. Yeah. yeah. Look, it's fun. There's there's lots of cute, fun bits that make them cute and, and remind you why you love Minions. But, <laughs> um and, and there's lots of chortle-worthy moments that are, that are, as I said, quite cute. Chortle-worthy. I don't recall any, you know, real laugh-out-loud, hilarious... Um, and to give you an example, I have seen Kung Fu Panda about 25 times. And <laughs> you know when he's fighting Shai, Shai Tun or whatever, the you know, the, the panther dude, and they're, they're bouncing down the stairs and there's that slow-motion scene where his butt lands on his head... Um, yeah, I just I still burst out laughing at that scene, and when he's trying to get into the temple, when they're they're trying to find the new dragon warrior, and he's outside the the temple walls trying to get in, and he goes through those series of um, you know slapstick moments. Yeah, yeah. I, I still find that hysterical. And uh, when I watch Ice Age, and you see um, the scene with the dodos, and they're, they're sort of playing um, what what appears to be a game of football with that melon with the dodos, and there's that great slow-motion scene where Sid sort of charges through them. I, just, I still burst out laughing, and there just, there just wasn't many moments. There wasn't oh. any moments from my memory. So, okay. so, look, it's fun, and the kids enjoyed it, and they chatted away about the minions and, you know, they saying banana, banana, all the way home, and it was, you know, it was all very humorous, but um, I don't know. I, I think I was just expecting a whole lot more. Sure. So, oh well, I I will reserve judgment until I've um, yeah. seen it with the youngins. Let's reconvene at a uh, <laughs> date. And, yeah, but, uh, yeah. The other thing I got up to is I went up to Sydney for Supernova, which is um, one of, if not the biggest, of the the three comic con companies here in Australia. They do um, multiple shows around the country, and 
Sydney's about a well, about a three hour drive from door to door. So uh, I get together with the lads and we make a trip. And I think mainly it's a good excuse to just take a bit of a break. So it's uh, more of a road trip type thing. Cause sure, yeah. Things have certainly changed. I uh, you know, I was just walking around and half the booths uh, at the con are now devoted in some way, shape or form to cosplay. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, to the point where for a while there it was just people selling things like, um, you know, hats and, you know, like um, so you could become a, a, an anime character of some kind or a manga character of some kind. But there was like a two, a double booth there and all they were selling was some LARP weapons, you know, like foam huh. swords and axes and, and, you know, giant Final Fantasy swords and stuff like that. And I thought, wow. And then there was a booth just devoted to selling coloured eye lenses so um, yeah, when you're a, a comic and toy collector, it's um, it was pretty sparse. Yeah, well, th- th- that's kind of why I haven't been to uh, Supernova in Melbourne for a couple of years, because mm. the last time that I was there, it really did feel like that. It was like, okay, this is great, but this is actually not my yeah um, thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I think maybe next time for me, you know, Miss Six is not far off turning, uh, you know, being Miss Seven. And I think the next time they do it, she'll be Miss Seven and a Half. Um, so I might actually sort of consider, you know, it being the, the first time I take her to one of those shows instead. And it'll be, you know, great to see her reaction as opposed to, you know, me who's been doing this for 25 years. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, enough about me. Where, where are you today? <laughs> Well, that's a really good question. I, in the last, uh, 72 hours, I've been in Melbourne, Sydney, and Adelaide. Um, so presently in Adelaide and Adams City, um, where my company does a lot of work here. So that's why I end up here a lot, but just for a couple of nights. So I've just flown in. Um, it's kind of weird because I'm actually in the same, I was here a week and a bit ago and I always stay at the same hotel, but I'm actually yeah. in the same room that I was in last time. And so it feels like I haven't left, just kind of like <laughs> cool and depressing all at the same time. <laughs> you always stay at the same place, don't you? Uh, I do now, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so the, the people at the front desk kind of just say, hi, Scott. Uh, Scott pretty much. Oh, it's like, hi, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> I'm like, uh, call me Scott, it's fine. I mean, there's, you know, there's a few, there's a few regulars and then some kind of come and go, but I mean, I, I have tried a few different places around here, but this is central and it's, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've, I know I've said before, I stay in like a self catering apartment yeah. so I can kind of cook for myself and that sort of thing. And it's got kind of the right, uh, level of things I need to feel comfortable, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And it's just, it is, it's comfortable kind of knowing where you're staying and it takes some of the unpredictability and stress of travel out of it. So. Yeah. It's yeah, good. You know, when the uh, the taxi driver is trying to fleece you by going, you know, the long way. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I, I always have a rental car here, but but for sure. Yeah, I, I actually had that happen um, in Brisbane about a month ago where I, I actually was like, no, 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 we're not going that way. Turn around. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I know this place. <laughs> you're, yeah. going, you're going the long way. But, actually, yeah. yeah. It, it happened to my wife and I when we were in Hong Kong. And we wanted to go to the um, the Temple of Ten Thousand Buddhas, which is up on this mountaintop. Mm. And we took the train uh, to the, the the town where you sort of you, you know the nearest town. And we walked out of the station, and there was a taxi, and we jumped in. And I 
you know, I opened the guidebook and I showed him a picture of the temple and he started nodding and, you know, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> can, can we go there? And the guy's <laughs> sure. just jabbering away and he's pointing and jabbering away. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's where we want to go. And he's shaking his head. And I'm going, no, no, that's where we want to go. And he's shaking his head. And I'm going, no, no. And I just thought, what, you know, what are you, stupid? Like, I've showed you the picture. I'm in the town. I've pointed. Like, what's going on? And finally this guy just shrugs in disgust and um, just turns around takes off in the car like a rocket, <gasps> as in just, you know, like, fine, I'll just do what you want. <laughs> he goes through these series of kind of turns and he drives around and goes under this, you know, this underpass and stuff like that. And then he pulls up at this weird little car park and he stops and he points to this gate and had had a sign on there that said, you know, that this is the, the entryway to head to the temple of 10,000, you know, Buddhas. And then the cab fare, I think, was all of about $1.70. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, this didn't take long. And we got out of the car and we turned around and we could actually see the train station. <gasps> and then we realised that to actually get to the Temple of 10,000 Buddhas was about a squillion kilometre walk. So the guy was actually trying to tell us, it's like, there's no point getting in a taxi because you just have to go over there yeah. to start your journey. And we had foolishly looked like the, you know, ignorant tourist by going, no, 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 you need to take us the 100 metres to the entrance. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we paid our dues that day because boy was it a long walk up a mountain i so. can imagine <laughs> wow but it was worth it yeah good <laughs> good well it's just the two of us we've got it is. news and um lots of stuff to cover and i reckon that we should make a start cool cool we will take a short break we'll come right back in a moment with some articulated news Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. And uh, we're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and perhaps caught our eye this week. And... I'm going to go first, but before I do, please keep in mind that AFB has a Reddit, so you can contribute to the news if there's something you'd like us to cover or you even want to go and rate or vote on uh, items that have been added to the Reddit. Why don't you go on over to www.reddit.com forward slash r forward slash AFB podcast, but I'm sure if you type AFB podcast, you will find it. So anyway... I'm kicking things off with a whole bunch of sideshow news, and uh, this actually came as a bit of a surprise this week that there was so much sideshow news because yeah. I thought they were saving everything for San Diego. And uh, also with that recent announcement with um, uh, Disney being petty with Fox over uh, some of the mutant stuff, uh, I thought that we would um, see a, it's sort of a big gap with some of the companies because a lot of the stuff that they were looking at doing would either have to be put on hold or, or scrapped altogether. Um, but sure enough, um, just goes to show what I know, which is nothing, because uh, uh, <laughs> Sideshow went all um, X-Men on us. And the first up is the brown costume Wolverine premium format statue. And I, I kind of knew that this one was in the works. There was a few sneak photos here and there. Someone posted a photo of a, um, it must have been sort of a, I don't know, a, a workspace or something somewhere. And there was a number of statues um, that, that could be seen in the shot and people started talking about them. And, and this is one of them. 
And so the brown costume Wolverine, um, we've actually had Wolverine in the premium format line uh, in the past, uh, in particular the yellow and blue costume, which, um, which I have and is quite a stunning piece. But this one is Wolverine in his brown and orange costume, and it's a completely new sculpt. Uh, it's not a, a rehash of an existing one, and it's um, it looks to be influenced by Frank Miller, in particular that original miniseries, and so Wolverine is atop what I guess could be called a, a bit of an, an Asian-themed um, pile of wood. It's obviously a rooftop or something similar, and it's um, covered in snow. And I love it. I love really? it. Really? I do. Uh, look, I um, would be... <sighs> I could really be interested in this, even though I don't have Marvel premium formats just because brown costume Wolverine is my thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the, the facial expression, I'm not, I'm just not loving. Okay. So he comes with a swap out portrait. So he comes with a masked head and an unmasked head. Yep. And there has been a bit of criticism about the unmasked head. Um, people saying the mouth looks a bit odd. I think the mouth looks odd on the masked one too. Oh, does it? Yeah. I, I, oh, okay. To me, he looks more like he's going, than, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> It's like his top lip is missing or something like that. Yeah, I don't his know. His top lip is folded under and he's showing his teeth. Yeah. It's just like at that scale and for that price, that is, it could kind of be a deal breaker for me. The other thing that I'm not really sold on is the texture on his uh, mask and particularly the brown um, costume, like, I don't know. Just... Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, one of the things that XM Studios have been doing with a lot of their statues is been adding their own sort of um, artistic spin to, to costumes. And so yeah. many of their statues, like their Daredevil, et cetera, they've added sort of, you know, straps on the boots and things like that, which, um, you know, I just don't think uh, are warranted. But with this one, Wolverine, it's, they've kind of gone with the impression that the brown parts of his costume are leathery yeah. rather than spandexy. So the orange on his thighs, etc., has that spandex look about it, but the other stuff has a, a bit of a texture to it, yep. making it sort of look leathery. It, it might be – I'm going back to the facial expression thing. It might be an angle thing with photos because in the side-on, like – uh, profile close-up photo, I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, but because he looks like more like he's looking straight ahead. But then in the, in some of the photos where he's looking up, yeah, he either, to me, it looks like either, um, I smell a bad smell or that, like, you know, I don't have my glasses on and I'm squinting to read this thing. Like, okay. yeah. I think a lot of it is to do with that top lip. And that could actually be a paint thing, a paint app that they've yeah. gone with more of a, um, a skin tone than sort of a, a ready feel to it, and therefore, you know, you're missing that top lip, yep. which is something that could be easily adjusted. Yep. Now, the um, unmasked head is not the exclusive, is it? It's not, no. no. Huh. The exclusive, if you order from Sideshow, is um, a swap-out right hand, so the, the claws aren't popped, and he's holding the Muramasa blade, if that's the correct pronunciation, and that's a sword, a, a katana, that's featured in sort of Wolverine mythos over um, many, many years. And it has various properties such as um, uh, if Wolverine or Sabretooth is actually cut with the sword, their wound won't heal. Their healing factor won't heal it. Bummer. So it's, um, yeah, it's been around for a long time. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's quite frustrating when you read on the net that people go, oh, I can't believe the switch out is a dumb sword. And it's like, oh. well, you know, it's actually 
been the around comics. for a, yeah, it's been around for a long time, dude. Um, it's not new. Um, so, are you going to? Are you in the market I've for ordered. this? Yeah, look, okay. I've ordered. I had some reward points, um, so you know that put a big chunk uh, in in the price. Now, speaking of the price, it's four hundred and eighty dollars, which um, made a lot of people stand up and take note. And that, that's interesting because I think the days of the the sub four hundred premium oh, yeah. format statue are long yeah. gone. Yeah, uh, I think any statue now is going to be a minimum of, of four hundred dollars, if not more. Um, so, look, I think with the level of detail on this, that's about what you would expect to pay. If someone asked me before yep. this was solicited, I'd say it would, it would be up there. Uh, and like you, this is my Wolverine. I mean, I've been reading Uncanny X-Men for a long, long time, but when I really, really got into X-Men, it was around that sort of 190 to 220 yeah, yeah. Uh, era with John Romita Jr. And, yep. um I'm a little so, bit earlier than that, but it was still brown costume. But. Yeah, yeah. So brown and orange to me is, yeah. is the costume I remember the most. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm probably inclined to order this because in the at the end of the day, if I don't like it, um, you know, I don't think you'd have a problem getting your money back on this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the edition size is. Um, mm. Sideshow can get a bit generous with um, some of their big-name characters. We saw that with the DC premium formats. Yes. You know, I think Wonder Woman had an edition size of about 150000 so <laughs> something like that. Look, I, bit, what I, I like about you is that you never exaggerate. No, no, no. I, I've told you a million times. <laughs> um so, look, I, I think it's quite impressive. I also like that it's quite small because he's hunched over. Um, yeah. You know, this is actually display-friendly in terms of size. So, yep, that's great. And I'll, I'll give Sideshow some credit for taking as long as they have to revisit Wolverine because, um, you know, sure. it, it is easy. He's a moneymaker. And, and I'll also – I won't be surprised if this statue gets re-released in, you know, uh, an X-Force variant and – that sort of thing that we have seen from sideshows. Mm-hmm. We shall see. So anyway, good stuff. Very, very impressed. Yes. Um, moving on, speaking of reuse, um, mm-hmm. this was one that um, surprised nobody, uh, and that is a re-release of the uh, DC Sinestro premium format statues. So uh, the one we've already got is in Sinestro Corps' uniform, uh, and this has been tweaked to have him in his Green Lantern outfit. Um, at first I thought it was a straight repaint and then I had a quick look online and um, some of the more recent artwork of Sinestro shows him in this costume. So they have retweaked the the belt in particular or, or the, the part that goes around his waist. Um, this is one of those ones where they sent people an email. So this wasn't solicited on the website. They simply sent various people an email at random and said, hey, we're only making 350 of these. Um, if you want one, here you go. So I did actually get the email from Sideshow and I uh, went in and had a look and I saw the price and basically turned my nose up. Um, oh, it, it's not a cheap statue and I think given how much reuse is involved, I think 450 or whatever it was is an awful lot to ask. So um, yeah. I passed but what I did do was post the link for everybody to see. So, because I think it's a bit, fr- I think you know, a bit frustrating that they just send it out to random people. Uh, Are they reused? I mean, like, can you transfer them? Because, like, I got one and I don't want it. Yeah. Um, can Can anyone? Can I send someone the link to use? Um, well, I think it's sold out now. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think they sold all three hundred and fifty. Only three hundred and fifty really? edition size. Oh, sorry, did you just uh, say that? And I. 
Did oh, you I can't just remember. say it was solid? <laughs> no, no, I don't think I so. I was I paying attention, honest. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we talk about Madman. I, I wasn't um, looking at fa- Facebook while you were trying. No. no. <laughs> so, um, look, I, I posted Link a good sort of 24 hours later and they were still available at the time, but I think a few people have picked them up, so. Well, there you go. Um, well, yeah. look, I'm in two minds. One is, if, hey, 350 and if they sold out, then yay, go. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it's that same thing again of just not, uh, I guess, you know, flagging at the start, Hey, we're going to do this as well, because I don't think that they would have trouble selling them. Yeah. Um, but, but just kind of giving people a choice. Um, however, I'm glad at least that it was the Green Lantern one and not his original costume because that would really piss me off. Cause that's, it yeah, 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 that's what I would ideally like. Uh, yeah, definitely. It would have pissed me off as well. Um, look, I, I'm, I'm still not a huge fan of this and, uh, and I'll yeah. never endorse it. I think, um, you know, Sideshow pride themselves on being a company that sells high end collectibles, um, with a keyword of limited edition. So I think every time you do, you know, reuse an existing sculpt, you are watering the brand down. Um, so look, I'm, I'm not a fan and, and I know it, it gives people the opportunity to get pieces that they, you know, there are people who want Greenland and Sinestro. Yeah. Um, and and that's great, but I, yeah, look, I I don't know that I'll ever be that comfortable with it. So (laughs) unless of course they start re-releasing statues that I don't own. um, Yeah. In which case it's probably okay. Um, And I'll probably, yeah. Interestingly, the, um, the regular Sinestro premium format, the you know Sinestro Core version is still available on their site. Yes. It's not sold out, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. If that three fifty of the Green Lantern one has sold out, as you said, um, yeah. mm. and it's actually available now, so it, it's not a case of paying it off. Oh, really? Nine, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, wow! If you buy it, it's shipping immediately. So, huh? Um, you know, I'm a member, I think you are too, of a number of the statue um, Facebook groups. Yeah. And um, I think what's a bit sad is you see a lot of people buying these just for the um, the flipping value. Yes. Um, you know, there were yeah. people posting on the Facebook groups saying, hey, I got sent a link and I'm willing to buy this and, uh, you know, I'm going to take a commission of just $50. Uh, 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 um, uh, uh, so, of course, you know, I respond by posting the link for everyone to see. Yeah. So, because I just, you know, flipping is something that I find quite disgusting. It's not yeah. something that I've ever done. So, but anyway, moving on to more exciting things. And um, I thought things were quiet from the DC side of things with Sideshow. I, I know that uh, Aquaman must be on his way. And I'm thinking I know, we're see him. is he? Yeah, we're going to see him at uh, San Diego Comic Con. So, um, this one also took me completely by surprise. And that is a sneak peek of the Supergirl premium format statue and or, or premium format figure as sideshow call it um the first thing i did when i saw it was went yay i love it uh especially the face i think um the the sort of the the cheeky how you know it's just a very cheery looking statue she's um you know doing a bit of a salute um with a big grin on her face and then i saw the cape and thought hmm this is gonna yeah. be interesting it's gotta be fabric surely yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind is yeah. they'll have to do a fabric cape because yeah. it's um, her hair and her cape are, are blowing in the wind to the left and her cape is actually quite high. In fact, you know, almost no point of her cape is actually beneath her shoulder line. So, 
Um, Sideshow have been known to put wire in their capes, so whether you have a, a fully posable cape that you can have hanging down behind her um, with a swap-out you know, portrait head or whether you can actually position that sort of blowing as it is in this image um, with a, an alternate hairstyle. Um, that, that's what I'm hoping that they'll do because I just see this and I think, gosh, what a, what a display nightmare. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll have to try and put her towards the back so that, you know, her cape isn't in front of, you know, your other $400 premium format statue. Uh, yeah. You know, that's so. the first thing that I thought when I saw that was I thought, oh, that's going to have to be fabric. And then I thought, wow, that's going to really be hard to display. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of hoping against hope that there are some options, yeah. um, you know, because I, I feel like that – yeah, I mean, it's totally possible that you might have, particularly if they do do it fabric, that you yeah. might have a relaxed one and then yeah. that one as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. yay, yay, Supergirl, <laughs> yay! I'm glad that she's coming. Yep. But yep. Now, what do you think about the the costume choice? This is the the crop top with the long sleeves, so she has an exposed belly, and I assume that she will be with a skirt of some kind. Um, there's been I a few think that's different... probably the safest, like, you know, I, I think classic, like Silver Age would be too, mm. uh, removed from the others and also too left field for the average collector. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the eighties crisis one would be, uh, my choice probably. Yeah. But, but again, I can totally see why they wouldn't do that. Although you never know if, you know, there could be swap out heads, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but True. you know, I think this is, uh, you know, I'm glad it's not new 52. I'm glad it's not the white costume one, you know, yeah. the, the white t-shirt one. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. I'm pretty happy too. I think they've found a pretty good middle ground with this one. So yeah. Excellent. Hoping we'll actually now the other thing is sideshow are pretty notorious for doing their sneak peek about a week before um, they put it up for pre-order. So I'm wondering... It says that she's going to be on display at Comic-Con. She will. Yeah. Yeah. So whether or not that means that she'll be up for order before then or not, I don't know. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's good. That'll that'll give the wallet a break because quite often they show about five or six new things and the solicitations for those... um, usually sort of trail off over the next six months. So yeah, as keen as I am to get her, I'm more than happy to give my wallet a break. <laughs> so, All right, excellent. And my last bit of Sideshow news um, goes against everything I just said earlier, and that is a sneak peek of a Sabretooth Classic premium format statue. Um, pr- it's pretty much been confirmed that this is the original Sabretooth premium format statue, the... Um, the sort of companion piece to the uh, blue and yellow Wolverine, um, minus the jammies. So, <laughs> yeah, so the premium format component uh, of the cloth costume has been removed, and they've actually sculpted this to be in his classic costume. Now, this is the one that he appeared in, um, you know, that famous scene in uh, Uncanny X Men 212, 213. Um, and also, of course, Iron Fist 14. So um, this is the more of sort course. of orangey, orangey black, lots of more fur on the um, on the, the shins. And um, the one thing I noticed is the current premium format statue, he's actually wearing sort of shoes slash boots. Um, but in his original appearances, he actually had bare feet because he had claws on the end of his um, sort of his, his toenails were clawy as well. Um, 
this goes against everything that I said earlier because I'm really not a fan of that reuse, but I'm also a huge fan of Sabretooth and I'm also a huge fan of Sabretooth in his original costume. So if this looks as good as I think it will, then I will probably slap myself and end up probably pre-ordering it. (laughs) So, um, Oh, it's everything's... uh it's all about perspective, isn't it? Like, <laughs> well, look, I was a, a young, a young teenager when Uncanny X Men two twelve and two thirteen came out, and I was blown away um, by those issues when Wolverine goes up against Sabretooth for the first time, and I thought, "Wow, who is this guy? He's, you know, he's like Wolverine. He's just a bigger, faster version." And um, I, I thought he was amazing. <laughs> so, um, look, I've got the original premium format statue, but then I also have the original Wolverine premium format statue. So. Um, in, in terms of those couple of issues of Uncanny X-Men, these two statues, the Sabretooth and the, the Wolverine that I mentioned earlier, um, do actually complement each other quite well in terms of appearing at the same time. So I think I might end up being a sucker for this one. <laughs> Fair enough. So we shall see. Fair All enough. right. Let's stop talking about Sideshow. And instead I'm going to talk about a, um, a little Kickstarter that's going. And uh, this is one that's called the Invicta Challenge. Um, games about American heroes and leaders. And uh, it's interesting for a couple of reasons. This is uh, a nifty little um, one-person effort um, that is bringing, I guess, attention to some of those unsung heroes uh, of World War II, particularly um, minorities. And uh, one of the options of this Kickstarter, it's actually a game, uh, and so you can get various sort of um, levels and all that sort of thing. But one of them actually includes a six-inch action figure, and mm. it's uh, of a um, a GI. Uh, I'm sorry, a Marine, World War Two Marine. But it's actually sculpted by the Four Horsemen. Oh, really? It is. It is, which is quite neat. So um, I think this is actually the start of uh, a number of figures. I, I know that they're actually trying to do a few different characters and if they can get this up and running, that there'll be more to follow. Um, I looked at the figure that comes with um, the, the Kickstarter and thought straight away of a, um, an unknown soldier custom. But of course, then I felt so guilty about um, the concept of buying this figure just so that I could butcher it to do a custom. So I thought about the idea of getting two. Uh, however, there was no mention of international shipping, so I actually contacted Jim, who's the chap who's running it, uh, and he basically, um, the, the, I don't know, the, I don't know how it's packaged, but the quote he gave me for shipping on two figures was actually quite expensive. Mm. Um, so anyway, I actually happened to mention that on the AFB forum, and uh, as is true to the to joy that is the forum, um, one of our members, Josie Wales, came to my rescue. Uh, and he's actually putting in for this Kickstarter, and he said, hey, I'm happy to bump up my pledge to um, cover anything that you might want. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and he said, so when it arrives, I can just um, send it to you in the cheapest possible manner. So, yeah, so thank you very much to Josie Wales. I appreciate that. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I love the place. So (laughs) very good. So anyway, get over and and have a look at that. If you just type it in Victor, it'll actually come up and... uh, yeah, as I said, it is actually a game as well as um, just, you know, featuring that figure. There's sort of lots of components to it. So pretty cool. Um, something else, back to statues and Tweeterhead uh, cruising along nicely and their latest effort with the Batman 1966 license is uh, now available for pre-order and that is Batgirl. 
So this is the Ebon Craig Batgirl, and um, this is a Marquette. So I assume this fits in nicely with the rest of the figures that they've been doing. So yes. she's about 13 inches tall with that, that base. Um, it looks great. looks spot on. Mm. Um, very vibrant. You sort of forget yeah. just how bright her costume was. Yeah. It's uh, very purple. <laughs> it's very purple. So it looks fantastic. It does. I'm sure Prince is ordering about 12, or <laughs> the artist formerly known as Prince. Um, I think he's back so, to being Prince now, actually. Oh, yeah. Good on him. Good on him. Yeah. Um, look, this will set you back $250 and will be shipping in the first quarter 2016. Um, I guess what I really like about these is, you know, a lot of these companies like Sideshow put a lot of effort into their bases, but um, Tweeterhead are actually putting a lot of effort into their, I guess, is it a backdrop? Oh, what's the, what's the, the industry correct word? Uh, diorama piece, probably. Yeah. yeah so base. she's standing on a fairly generic um, base, which I guess is, um, you know, looks to be a bit of pavement or something like that. But then behind her is quite an elaborate sort of um, background with a, you know, a brick wall and some kind of a vault door or something like that. It looks quite nifty. Huh. So, yeah, I like it. Very I good. I'd actually buy it, but. Um, no, but if you were, if this was your jam, like the the TV show, and you could be quite excited, I think. Yeah, that's right. So, very good. And uh, Funko continue to torment us with their San Diego Comic-Con exclusives um, by not only revealing absolute craploads of them, but by doing it um, week by week uh, instead of just giving us one long list. I think every week we're talking about more San Diego Comic-Con exclusives so and i don't know how exclusive they are because a lot of these things do end up getting around um various avenues but anyway look there's a whole bunch of new stuff uh not surprising there are going to be pops there is uh, an arrow pop that is um arrow the tv show uh featuring uh, mr amel unmasked whatever the that sort of definition is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a Baymax from Big Hero 6 who is apparently translucent with um, glitter. Emoticon Baymax. Uh, there is a Batty, gone Batty Minion from Minions. Uh, a frying pan Rapunzel, if that means anything to you. If there's a, I assume that means that there's already a Rapunzel without a frying pan. <laughs> um, there's an X-Force Deadpool Dorbs. There's a Mossy Group Dorbs. Um, but I think one of the interesting things that uh, I did see this week was that Funko announced a few one-off pops. Um, and this is obviously, you know, for those characters that don't fit into, a, you know, an existing line and um, some pretty darn nifty ones. And the first one is um, Pinhead from the Hellraiser franchise. And he looks sensational. Um, he's definitely one of those figures where you sort of go, I wonder how they'd actually do him. Well, yeah, yeah. Done him with heaps of little rivets Clever. sticking out of his head. <laughs> Clever. So, I mean, he looks odd, but then you sort of look and go, well, that's about, you know, what they would actually do with him. So, um, I can see why this one's sort of going through San Diego because he looks pretty uh, grotesque with his peeled skin and yeah. bloody, <laughs> um, bloody sort of torture tools. He comes with the, um, the configuration box in his left hand. Um, now, one thing I think is a bit strange with Funko is, um, this is actually Pinhead from Hellraiser 3, but the numbering on the box is number 134. Huh. And if I was new to the world of pop vinyls and I wandered into my nearest pop culture store and I saw the 134, what would you associate that with? Like, does... 
Is I have no idea. Yeah. The 134th figure that is from major motion Hellraiser. pictures. No, it's the 134th Hellraiser figure, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so look, that's... Yeah, I mean the same thing goes for my for my next one, and that is um, they're doing a a Gigantor, um, Gigantor of course from the the famous anime, um, and he looks pretty cool. He translates pretty well to pop. Um, he's got his sort of big head and his pointy nose and everything. He looks very very nice, and he's number forty one apparently. Huh. Forty one in what you might ask? Well, to be honest, I'm not really sure. So if you do know, please write in and tell us. <laughs> please write in, please. Yes. Just for Ben. Just for Ben. Just to help Ben. <laughs> that's, that's right. Because the rest of us don't worry about this shit. But no. Yeah, ben, Ben's like, <laughs> what about the numbers? What do they mean? You know what's really going to stress me? And that mm-hmm. is that the last of these one-off pops is um, Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the uh, the vampire from the famous Nosferatu film, which was called Nosferatu because um, Bram Stoker's widow would not allow the filmmakers to actually call it Dracula. Mm-hmm. So they actually had to change the name. If you've never seen the film, it is astonishing. Go and see it. Um, but it's number 136. Oh, no. And Hellraiser. Where's 135? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. So now I'm actually going to be wondering yeah. who is 135. Like, yeah. who gets the uh, the nod to fill the gap between Pinhead and Nosferatu? Tell our listeners the story of why you stopped collecting the Marvel Universe figures. <sighs> It's the numbering, man. <laughs> they numbered them. They they numbered them. The the bastards numbered them, and I can't not skip a number. I have to have them all. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And then when those numbers, you know, when they started bringing out, you know, the lame variants and stuff like that, it's like, but 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 I don't want that. Figure. Yeah, I don't want. But you know, half but translucent invisible it. woman. You know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like, but I, I can't skip a number, so I sold them all. <laughs> that's it i did the mature thing yeah and instead of getting therapy or whatever else and learning to cope i just sold them all sold them so. all <laughs> totally reasonable so, that's right <laughs> some really nifty stuff there so, yeah very good yeah i think that's about all my news for sure well you mentioned earlier that we do have a subreddit at afbpodcast.reddit.com and i have got some of our top news from that subreddit first of all a couple of hot toys news items that were submitted by jrod hd first one being uh, we finally seen the avengers age of ultron thor uh one six scale collectible figure that looks like thor great crims Chris, crims crim great crims great chris hemsworth likeness actually <laughs> as they as they go um yes yeah so um and that's i actually read that his um that Mjolnir will actually have an led in it so it will <gasps> light up so, yeah, look, I'm going to give some credit to Hot Toys there because, um, you know, they've, they've cranked out the Thors and you kind of have to go, well, you know, if you've got the 26 that came out before this, why would you need the, the new one? Um, and so, you know, look, doing something uh, pretty ingenious like that, yeah. I think, keeps things fresh. For sure. I, I think as well, I mean, it, it, we get uh, a bit inoculated against engaging with these because there are so many but mm. they are so good yeah like you know that they are so good you cannot um the the likeness the quality yeah. um the the workmanship on his outfit like that's something that i think okay well if i didn't have 
if I didn't have a Thor and I wanted one, then you know I'd be quite happy with that one. Um, yeah, yeah, he looks great. Looks great. It, this this promo shot. If you wave that past someone who didn't know any better, oh, you'd just assume it was a shot a from the movie. Absolutely. Um, also, sticking with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, Hot Choice has been doing these artist mix figures. What, what scale are they? They're uh, Mm. Uh, they're not big. Um, and we've got some Ant-Man ones coming. We have Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man blackout version, which is just like <laughs> black stuff instead of silver and then yellow jacket. So they're very, um, you know, uh, what's the word I want to say? Not artist specific, but stylized. Thank you. Um, but again, cool. And, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that, uh, I- I'm getting more and more excited about this movie as it yeah. gets closer. I am too, and and you know, I I know this the whole yellow jacket thing is kind of against what actually happened in the comics, but um, I actually think that yellow jacket design oh, yeah, is sensational. Cool. Absolutely, it looks great. Yeah, and do you sure. reckon the um the blackout one is is something from the movie or something his suit does or you think you know? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's probably just um you know artist oh, toys. Yeah. yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, but I I like these artist mix. Um, figures in that if you want some hot choice stuff and you don't want to go six scale or that's not in your price point, et cetera, like yeah. there's just something, there's a different offering there. I think it's smart for them, um, but also good for collectors. So thank you, yeah. hot choice. And thank you, J-Rod HD for those items. Um, something from Toil 10. And I think he actually commented, uh, saying you guys don't normally cover the monogram bust bank. Um, but I, he's really excited about this one, which is a San Diego exclusive and it is the Ultron from, um, Age of Ultron, uh, a bus bank coming in a display box, etc. And, um, they are cool. And you know what? I actually have the Ant-Man one on the way. What do you? Very yeah. Nice. Well, I think I've told you before that I have this little trick, uh, with my be bad toy store pile of loot, um, with in- my international shipping. Cause the, the idea of the pile of loot is that you, you can, you know, pay, you pay for the item at the time, but you're saving on shipping and you, you, you decide, I think after 180 days, they're just going to ship it. But before that, you can say, okay, ship it now. So yep. if I'm order- buying something that's in stock or something that I've pre-ordered arrives and I'm adding it to my pile of loot, then I'm paying just the additional amount to ship that. Mm-hmm. And I've worked out with the pile of loot feature that if the first item that you put in is not a big or heavy one, then the, you know, the shipping for that is pretty reasonable. And then the shipping, you know, for a larger item that goes in after that is an increment as opposed to, mm-hmm. yeah. And so when I started my last pile of loot, I was like, hmm, what can I put in? Oh, Ant-Man bus bank. <laughs> Looks cool. 16 bucks, you know, Excellent. like, <laughs> and, uh, I need a new piggy bank. Um, Excellent. Yep. Yeah, well, we, we, because you know how men are notorious with spare change. Um, my, my wife has always been on about, you treat it like it's not even money. Um, <laughs> and so we have a rule in my house that it has to go into the piggy mm-hmm. bank. And then we um, get that, that gets used for, like, you know, kids' lunch orders or yeah. we got to change to get into basketball or something. Yep. And so Ant-Man's going to be my new... My new bank. Um, but this Ultron looks cool if you like the movie Ultron. And, uh, yeah, 
That's a, thank, thank you, Troll Chen, for that. That's a good thing to point out to us. Um, something from Hellbot. Uh, this is uh, the uh, uh, Kotobukiya exclusive, and this is that they often do um, repaints of some of their stuff as exclusives. But this one, I think, is quite a clever one, um, which is the She-Hulk has just come out um, from in the Bishojo line, the regular one, and then the red She-Hulk uh, Bishojo statue is going to be their 2015 exclusive, and uh, it looks quite good. Yeah, oh, look, I I do like it when you know the variant is actually a completely different character. Mm-mm. So it, it makes it actually worthwhile. You're not just getting you know a different shade of green or you know a, a, a you know the a blue costume with a four painted yeah, on yeah, it. Or exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, as as they go, this I think has probably been the best one because we've had like you know white costume storm, which I think is probably a more legitimate variant than some of them, but. You know, we had like short hair Sue Storm or whatever. Like, oh yeah. boy, yay! Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, and, and Red Red She Hulk was actually a decent character. Like, I, I was reading, um, you know, the Hulk when all this happened, and you know, the way they sort of reintroduced um, reintroduced her and is in Betty Banner and how the leader, you know, changed her into the Red Hulk. It was all, yeah. you know, very well done. Yeah, absolutely, very um, hmm. good kind of mystery and. You know, uh, reveals very good. So, hmm. yep. Uh, the my experience with these Kotobukiya exclusives in their PVC range is that they're often not hard to find after the show. Yeah. So yeah. don't don't stress about that one if you're a keen collector um, of that line. And sticking with exclusives, and also going back to Monogram, they've also got a uh, Simpsons figure set that will be exclusive to. Um, San Diego, and this is uh, a 14 piece set that includes the uh, 14 figures, each um, up to two and three quarters inches tall. And there's only a hundred of them, so that you know could be a bit more of an actual, you know, hard to find exclusive. It's got mm-hmm. the whole core family plus Apu, Chief Wiggum, Krusty the Clown, Comic Book Guy, and Mr. Burns. Um, hey. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, fun. Yeah. It's interesting that The Simpsons, I think, um, every now and then when we see merchandise, you can just sort of tell how hard it is to translate those properties into into 3D. Because I look at these and they all look fun, but then every single one of them looks startled. <laughs> but the, the sort of the googly eyes. But um, Yeah. No, it's true. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Good stuff. Yep. So if you're a Simpsons fan, then that could be exciting for you. Um, more exclusive to round out the news from Toynami. They've introduced, they have announced their, um, San Diego Comic Con exclusives. And there is a Godzilla, um, Shogun Warrior. This is 19 inches tall, $300, only 300 of them available. And it has some amazing features such as a flicking tongue action. <laughs> it has rolling wheels under the feet and the firing fist action for the right fist only. I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, this is obviously pays homage to the original, which is um, highly inaccessible now unless you've got a lot of money. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, there's also an acid rain green green Jeep green commander. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that took me a moment there. Um, 50 bucks, 800 pieces, 118 scale, um, green, green Jeep and a green action figure with green guns. 
<laughs> I would be green. It's, it's extremely green. Very you, green. Yeah, if you don't like green, or if you live your life in a green screen, I wouldn't bother <laughs> buying it because you'll never be able to see it. Um, there is a Robotech Chibi Stealth Leader, uh, which is uh, Chibis are only they're, they're small, three inches tall, um, fifteen bucks, and a Robotech 30th Anniversary VF15 Stealth Exclusive. Oh no, <laughs> that's the same thing. Shut up, Scott. Um, <laughs> just, I'm, re- I'm reading and that's in there twice. And uh, finally, a Voltron Ultimate DX Transforming SD Voltron, uh, which yeah, actually, yeah, thank you. It's a super deformed uh, one that actually looks really cool. It is. That's pretty cute, actually. Yeah, I, like I actually quite um, like that. It's only three inches tall. It's 150 bucks though. That's hmm. Oh, okay. What? So it is limited to a thousand. So I, I mean, yeah. The thing is, with a lot of these exclusives that frustrate me is they, you know, they tweak the paintwork a little bit and then they release it, uh, and then you know it's a big, you know, limited edition release goes for a thousand bucks on eBay, um, and then six months later it gets released in yeah, some yeah. other format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it is. It's hard, isn't it, with these exclusives because you know a lot of these companies they can't afford to, you know, only make a hundred and fifty. Uh, yeah. Only sell 150 or something, you know, like, so it, it, it's, it is tricky. Um, yeah. oh, sorry, one last one. There is the Terminator Genesis half scale endo skull, um, that is only four inches tall, 20 bucks. So, um, if, the, if you are a fan of any of those properties, Godzilla, Acid Brain, Robotech, or Voltron or Terminator, then Toinami is going to have something for you at the show. Very exciting. And then last, and we'll find out whether it's leased or not. <laughs> Toys R Us, um, has San Diego exclusives, which I kind of find weird. Cause they don't make yeah. stuff, do they? Like, you know, they. No. I yeah. think what this is, this is that classic. If you want us to sell your crap, crap, um, yeah. come up with some kind of thing that you can only sell exclusive to us, mm. um, which they have been doing, you know, like the, um, the yeah, Shield 3-pack, yeah. etc. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think the idea here is um, make it available at San Diego first huh. so people can get their hands on it, and then in a couple of months um, you'll be able to get it at Toys R Us. Yeah. So one uh, thing here that will be of interest to um, Batman TV collectors is that the uh, Batgirl um, from the Mattel Batman TV six-inch line is one of these exclusives. So that was uh, not part of the original line because there were likeness rights issues with the actress, but um, that's all been resolved now. And so if you collected that line and you feel like it's not going to be complete until you get your Batgirl, she's coming, so that is good news. Mm-hmm. Um, that that sep- Whether or not it's actually a decent figure is a separate <laughs> discussion altogether because I think it looks yeah. like shite. But anyway, well. yeah, it's kind of I don't know. I don't know why they went the whole likeness rights. I mean, you know, it doesn't jump out as Yvonne Craig to me. <laughs> That's like, right. You know, thank, thank God we 60s, waited for those likeness sixties <laughs> Batgirl kind yeah. of thing. So. <laughs> yeah, I just the um, <clears throat> the buck and the the spindly um, mm. arms in particular of those Mattel six inch female figures. I just do not like. Mm-hmm. Um, Schleich, uh, more famous for their, um, tiny, highly detailed plastic animals than DC. <laughs> and Smurfs. Um, and Smurfs, yes. Um, but they have got a Batman versus Harley Quinn, uh, two pack, which, 
Yeah, looks fine. Uh, GI, interesting, isn't it? Like, interesting. Did yeah. they just suddenly get sit around going, oh, you know, I'm bored of Smurfs and making polar bears and uh, let's get another license? They Schleich does have a DC license. They have done. Oh, they? Yeah, they do. This isn't the oh, first cool. yeah thing. I mean, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't uh, tell you what they've done, but yeah. I know that they do. I have seen um, stuff out in in the wild. Um, so that'll anything Harley Quinn seems to be exciting for people. So there you go. Yeah. Um, GI Joe Desert Jewel Pack, complete with a Cobra Basilisk tank and an Elite Horseman figure to drive it. Um, so. We really needed John for that one. I think what's hilarious about this is you look at the artwork on the box of the, um, you know, of the Joe figure, and it's one of those little sort of um, two-seater, you know, buggies where one person sits behind the other, and there's a guy up using the mounted gun, and then there's a guy in the back seat, but who's driving it? <laughs> there's actually no one in the Technicalities, technicalities. It's, um, Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, so I can, I'm not going to do all of these Toys R Us because there's a zillion of them, but I'm going to go to another Hasbro one, which is the Star Wars Black Series Jabba's Rancor Pit. Mm. Um, now, I, I the first time that this went up, there was actually misinformation because it was originally uh, promoted as a six-inch set. <laughs> and I was looking at it thinking, oh, my God, that's going to be like size of a suitcase enormous and also i really don't think the world needs any more six inch job of the huts thank you very much <laughs> um like you know the landfill i feel is where a lot of them are headed um yeah. the um uh but this is actually a three and three quarter set uh which makes it a a not my thing because i'm not you know i don't do three and three quarter but i think probably quite exciting for three and three quarter um collectors because it's got a three and three quarter Jabba that looks just like the, the Star Wars black six inch one. Um, a slave Leia, cause the world certainly did, needed more slave Leia sure. action figures. Yep. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I posted on our social media this week that I often had this recurring dream that I'm going to decide I want to army build Star Wars black slave Leia's and Jabba the Huts and they'll all be sold out. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a C-3PO, there's a Luke, there's a Gamorrean Guard, and there's a Rancor. Yeah. Wow. He's upset. <laughs> because he's so ugly. <laughs> if I was that ugly, I'd be upset too. <laughs> I am upset because I am so ugly. Um, so, but that's really quite exciting. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, all right. You know, for, yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. I bet um, I bet John's excited. Look, they've done a few of these. Um, there's the the ATST set that's currently getting around in Toys yeah. R Us and clogging shelves. So obviously clogging they're shelves. starting to do these big diorama sets. Um, I, I don't know. Are any of these figures actually new? I mean, I, I, I have Rancor no idea. Has been done before. Really? So, I mean, I know that Rancor's been done many times for three and three quarter. Oh, okay. But, I have um, no idea. This is a brand new sculpt. Is uh, another thing. So looks good. Um, Transformers and Power Rangers are getting their Toys R Us exclu- exclusives as well. Um, so Transformers is getting a Masterpiece Series Blue Streak, um, which looks uh, not terribly blue, I have to say. It's <laughs> kind of obviously just not my, um, not my <laughs> genre. Um, and Power Rangers is getting a limited edition Black Edition Legacy Megazord. Megazord. So it looks very Mighty Morphin. 
Yeah, he does. Yeah. Right. So all Toys R Us comic convention exclusive items are limited editions and will be available on a first come first serve basis while supplies last. No rain checks. Yeah, mm, and then they're in your local store forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know and, if people have that much trouble getting that rank or certain. Uh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone, by the way, if anyone wants a uh, Star Wars Black Six Inch Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> there are, I don't know. Are they around your place? Like, oh yeah. There's yeah. a couple of places that I, you know, regularly stomp the toy aisles, and there are like rows and rows of reduced Jabba's. <laughs> and at the Comic Con that I went to, um, there was a guy selling heaps of Star Wars black stuff, and he actually had uh, Jabba there for full price. Mm-hmm. And I just just shake my head. Um, Hilarious. Yeah, discounted everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, on that note, uh, which, I mean, I think there's some good stuff in there. It's just the kind of a weird way of presenting it all. Um, but thanks again to our redditors. Please don't forget that you can add news items that you would like us to cover and also vote up and down the uh, news items that you are most interested in us covering at our um, Reddit at afvpodcast.reddit.com. And uh, with that, we will wrap up the news and we will hand over to John for the next installment of name that. Hey guys, John here again with another installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. When last I left you, we heard this adventurous sound. Prove yourself and save the world from with sword, with axe, with tribe. And I went a little outside the box for this one because that was from Disney's Hercules. And that's actually a movie I don't think I've ever actually seen. So, um, yeah, they made Hercules toys. Of course they did because it's Disney. And that's from that film. And as always, you know, we're going to put another new sound right here. It's feeding time for my Venus flytrap. Ah, it won't stop me. Is this the M one more time? I live here. It's feeding time for my Venus flytrap. Ah, it won't stop me. Is this the And if you think you know what that is, you come on over to AFB Forum. That's AFBforum.com. Leave a guess in the name of that thread. If you get it right, you will get everybody's favorite prize, AFB Forum points. You get enough points, and you can trade them in for fortune and glory on the internet. That's right, fortune and glory. And if you'd like even more fortune and glory, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We play a picture version, and you can still guess in the AFB forum, get points, and um, more fortune and glory. So, until next time, this is John saying peace out.
Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and it might be a new release, or we might be talking about some favourite or bizarre item from our collection. And uh, first cab off the rank this week is Scott, and he's talking about a new Bishushu... Bishush, <laughs> he, he's talking about a new acquisition he's made this week. <laughs> Uh, so this really is a story of how I quit collecting a line and then get sucked back into it. Um, so I am reviewing the Kotobukiya Marvel Comics Jubilee Bishojo statue. And you might say, but Scott, you said that you weren't collecting the Bishojo statues anymore. And yes, I did. Um, but now I am again. Um, partly, yeah, anyway, it's a long story. Uh, uh, but, um, I, I mentioned last week that I have been really interested in the depth of character selection in these lines. And the only thing that ever stopped me, like I've, I've, um, got the DC ones, but I have just kind of not picked up the last couple. Um, but the Marvel ones and, I have mentioned before, I stopped collecting because they changed the scale. So the original mm. few um, were in a one-seventh, no, one-tenth, I think. Like, yeah, they're quite small, aren't they? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and now these are the new ones are in one-seventh scale. Um, so they end up around the kind of um, eight to ten-inch mm. uh, mark. And it just you know, it really... Um, I, they're, they're fine. I have no issue with the larger figures. It's just that the old ones don't go with the new ones. So, um, but I've come to a resolution now that I'm going to collect <clears throat> the new scale in the Marvel ones simply because I'm really, um, interested in the characters they've gotten to. They've done Kitty Pride. They've done Jubilee. They've done She-Hulk. Wasp is coming. And I think any line that's getting to that depth, because, you know, particularly for those of us that do collect this stuff, there often is a, a, a stopping point. And what that, that, that means is that you have the same set of characters in every line that you collect. And so anyone that, any line that's going to go deeper is something that I want to support. So same on the DC side where, you know, they're doing Batwoman and Raven and mm, that sort mm. of thing. I think, okay, well, if they're going to, you know, keep going, well, then I'm going to support it. And, you know, they're not hugely expensive, um, as, as stuff goes. Um, <clears throat> so the Jubilee one in particular, you know, I think that if you're a, I, I can't say that I'm an enormous Jubilee fan, but I had you have an appreciation for the character. And, um, if you are a Jubilee fan, then your collectible options are pretty limited to, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, modern, a very modern Marvel Legends and, uh, Marvel Universe renditions. Um, and while this is not, classic per se it definitely harkens back more to classic jubilee than anything that we've seen so far Mm. right so this is a 2015 release and acquisition um this is sculpted by gotaro takeuchi i hope i said that right and um one nice thing about this is that um you know it's it's fun um it's dynamic but uh really uh easy to look at um and i think that it's really clever what they can do with uh these are made out of like a pvc plastic um so they're fairly light but some of the stuff that they can do in terms of just um 
texture and uh, movement of different pieces and also some additional like accessories, which this one, you know, has, it's, you know, really quite, really quite cool. Um, so there's zero articulation. Um, this is Jubilee with her, uh, yellow trench, um, pink top and, uh, blue shorts, except they've all shrunk in the wash <laughs> basically. Um, so definitely, you know, it's got a, it's got some skin, but that's partly the Bishojo thing, but it's not terribly pervy, um, you know, as, as these things go. Um, so one thing that, uh, Jubilee is, I was going to say notorious, but that's not right. Like, you know, is known for, um, is the, the, the goggles, um, and, you know, her, her pink, translucent goggles and there you have a couple of choices here there's one that's more just like pink plastic sunglasses and uh one then that is like the pink visor and that's the one that i've chosen to display yeah um so it's nice to kind of have an option originally when if you look uh, like search the concept art for this um there was definitely more that I, i think the original intent to include um you know, had some more sort of props, um, uh, on the base. Maybe it, it could have turned out a bit busy. Definitely at some stage saw, um, one where she was like blowing bubble gum, blowing a bubble gum bubble. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, which didn't make it into the, to the final. And uh, I think artistic license with the, the promo shots where it had some kind of, you know, effects, uh, cause obviously her, her power is to, you know, make, um, light shows basically. Um, and so, but none of that made it into the final. And that's often the case with these where the, the kind of concept art then turns into something that, you know, it's basically the same, but maybe not with all the bells and whistles that you might be expecting. The other thing that I think, you know, is, um, I don't quite understand is that the base like from, so we've got the concept art is one thing, but then there's a lot of, you know, like all of the pre-order uh, photos of the actual piece show her on a black uh, base. Mm-hmm. Um, but the base that she actually came with is I, I which I, I really like the one that she came with because it's a more like, it's a clear kind of yellow orangey, um, base with sparkles in it. So it's a more kind of character specific, um, base. And, uh, one thing's like, I really don't like about these black round plastic bases that quite a number of the shoujos come with is that they are horrendous dust magnets. Mm. Like you can just, you know, so, um, I'm very happy that they skipped that. Um, she's got quite a cute, you know, dynamic pose. She's got one hand kind of outstretched, ready to do light things and the other one up. She's got some like funky gloves and wristbands on and the level of detail um, on those, if you <clears throat> can see them up close, is really quite amazing because they kind of look like, you know, uh, ratty fabric. Like, in fact, I had to really stop and look to make sure that they weren't fabric, that they were actually plastic because they were so detailed. Um, the, the only thing that is a little bit frustrating about this is that, um, you know, I've complained about this a billion times, that the angle that 
she's photographed in um, would give you the impression that when you're looking straight on at her, that her face is going to be really easy to see. But in fact, when you set her flat on the table, you, you've got to be right at sort of face level to see her face because she's looking down. Mm. And so that is going to limit your um, po- uh, s- display options. Um, she's not going to work on a lower shelf if you want to see her face. Um, she's going to have to be on a higher shelf. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I've, maybe that's just me that finds that frustrating, but yeah, yeah. Look, I've that happens with a lot of my stuff too. Like my Colossus Premium format statue is um, on the very bottom shelf because he's so big and heavy. Yeah. But um, he's looking down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you're looking at the top of his head, basically. Yeah. Um. But you know, as far as this goes, I didn't really chop packaging. Sorry, packaging is the standard Bishojo packaging with the. Uh, I think Kotobuki has you know got something quite clever that makes um, their packaging really easy um, to open, but also very collector friendly. Um, in that you know the inside is a kind of reverse plastic clamshell um, that comes apart. Um, the but you can put it back together quite nicely. Um, so you could display, you can see in the box kind of what you're getting. You can take it out, but put it back together easily if you want to store it or, um, sell it. So super well done. Paint's perfect on this. I've got absolutely no complaints. Um, you know, really beautifully done right across the board. And, um, I, I am going to take a point off for the looking down thing because it is, you know, I've, I've photographed it to, to be able to kind of see the face, but mm-hmm. it, I was kind of kneeling to get the angle. And I can't, I think that's you know, something that probably in the art direction process is something that would be easy to kind of pick up to say, Hey, just lift your gaze a little bit, you know, to yeah. make it a bit more flexible. But otherwise I can't really um, steal any, anything from that. So she's a, a solid nine dollies. Excellent. Yep. And I'm, I'm back on the band, the Bashojo bandwagon. <laughs> no, I think she's really nice. I, I did actually, while you're chatting, I did a quick search and found the original sort of solicitation image. Um, and between her feet, there's actually a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. What looks to be sort of a, a, a gym bag, uh, yeah. a thing of popcorn, a, a large sort of soft drink, you know, with a straw sticking out of it. And, um, yeah. well, that would have all been fun. I think that would have actually made it very busy. Oh, very. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about that. I think that the, mm. you know, what they've come up with is probably, you know, um, is pretty smart. There's enough happening. So, yep. you yep. know, and I, I, I like the fact that you've got those options of visors um i think that's cool and you know i'm i'm happy happy excellent yep so been doing a little bit of uh uh using amazon actually to try and pick up a couple at a cheaper price than what i could get on ebay um Mm. that i missed um so yeah watch this space very nice very nice Well, that wraps up our first Toy of the Week, and when we come back, we'll be talking about our second Toy of the Week. Funny thing, that. Indeed. (laughs) We're good at math. (laughs) You can make them fly or jump or crash or walk. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman, Incredible Hulk. You can make them do their thing. Even make Spider-Man slide down a string. Lots of action for one and all. Action figures over seven inches tall. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Mego. 
Hey gang, it's once again time for Toy of the Week, and this time it's me, and uh, due to some technical difficulties, I'm here by myself. Well, I'm not by myself. My uh, little uh, thunder buddy Brinkley Puppy is actually sitting here with me. So if you hear some strange panting or some uh, dog tags jingling, those aren't from the action figure, they're from my little buddy Brinkley. Anyway, um, every once in a while you get a toy and you're just really super excited to get it, and... I couldn't wait to tell everybody about this one because it really came out well. And that is the Marauder Task Force Kickstarter figure. Um, I only got one. Uh, I know there's people out there that got, you know, whole squads and everything else. But um, I only got one and um, I got a gray urban trooper because I just kind of wanted to see, you know, what the quality was going to be like, what the, the plastic was going to be like and that kind of thing. Um, I wasn't too worried about it, but... Um, you just never know, you know, especially being a Kickstarter, it was kind of a ways away. And I, I, I know Marauder does good things, so I wasn't too worried, but just kind of wanted to make sure everything turned out before I went and bought a whole bunch of them. Um, the company, of course, is Marauder, the Marauder Gunrunner people. Um, fantastic guns and accessories for action figures, uh, especially for your three and three quarter figure, figure collectors out there. Um, you know, they got just about everything you could think of if you want to arm up troops. So, that being said, um, this is obviously from 2015 because I just got it this week. It's a three and three quarter action figure and it's the urban gray, um, guy. And, um, you know, I honestly can't remember what the, the Kickstarter buy-in was. I didn't get any extras or anything with mine. I think it was around the 17 to $20 mark. Um, you know, and for a three and three quarter figure, that might be a little on the high side, but then again, you know, it, it was for a good cause too, so um, I wasn't as concerned about that, so the price really isn't playing into this at all for me. Uh, packaging, well, he came in an envelope inside some plastic bags, so, you know, there's no, uh, it is collector friendly because I can stuff him all back in the Ziploc baggies and stuff and everything's fine, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's not that uh, exciting of a package. Um, moving on to Sculpt. It's pretty good sculpt. Uh, he looks like um, a regular G.I. Joe figure. Uh, you know, if you stand him in with a squad of Joes, he is going to fit right in. Um, if anything, he looks maybe just a tad bit more futuristic. He has some armor on his uh, forearms and his shins that's that's a little more angular than uh, perhaps some of the modern stuff. But, um, you know, it, it really doesn't look out of place. Uh, on top of that, he's got what looks like regular knee pads and um, uh, elbow pads, so he he looks he looks pretty good for a, a GI Joe. Um, the basic figure, you know, has those things on it. Um, he's got like cargo pockets on the front of his uh, pants. He's got a web belt on. Um, you know, there's little pockets sculpted on the back of his pants. Now, what they have done is they've sculpted. Um, accessory attachment points on both shins, um, both thighs, and both upper arms. So you've got these little ports that look like a little peg hole sticking out. Uh, more about that in a minute. Uh, Double-jointed knees, the regular, uh, you know, hinge and uh, rotate elbows. Um, the hands are rotating. They don't have the little extra hinges in them, and the feet aren't the rocker. They do have the hinge in them where they'll they'll rotate and they'll bend back and forth, but they don't rock side to side. The head's ball jointed. Um, 
cool head. Uh, the one I have is gray. It's a little bit lighter gray than the body, so it looks like maybe he had uh, bought his uh, ski mask maybe from a different company than he bought his other uniform from. Uh, just a couple of little cool details in this whole thing. Uh, there's a zipper, and you know even the zipper pull is sculpted in there. You can see the zipper. It's painted really well on the zipper. Um, there's things like little rivets on the knee pads and elbow pads that you can see. They've got little dots of silver on them, and they look fantastic. Um, everything paint-wise looks really good. The camo is really well done. It's it's a little more subtle than I expected, but I really like that because. You know, if you've seen camo on somebody, it doesn't normally, you know, unless it's, you know, neon green and uh, bright blue or something, uh, it's, it's not meant to stand out. So I, I think the camo looks really good. Uh, one of my favorites is on the back of the hands, there's actually uh, some little plates um, sculpted onto the black gloves. And those little plates actually have little silver dots on them for where they're, they're attached. Now, where this guy really, really shines is um, in the accessories because this figure was built with a customizer in mind and as such um, he's, he's part of the uh, Marauder modular philosophy I guess you could say um, some of their weapons are modular now and um, the idea behind their figure line is that you can build up a squad of figures however you want them so if you want you know, web gear, you can get web gear. If you want a tactical vest, you can get a tactical vest. If you want a whatever, you know, if you want a helmet with night vision, you can get that. Um, one of the first things I got that kind of came as a surprise is the figure when you get it doesn't have any um, head on it. So you, when you get him out of the bag, he uh, he doesn't have a head. He has a uh, just a stub sticking out there. So uh, that might take you by surprise. But um, because this was the Kickstarter incentive, I actually got a second head, and it was the the black mask, black ski mask with the skull feature on it. So if you see my pictures um, and you're wondering, that's where that particular head came from. So you won't be able to get that one, but um, you could probably get something similar, or you can make your own. Uh, in addition to all of the, uh, little accessory points, he comes with a ton. And like I said before, a ton of accessories, there are, um, a pistol and a rifle, of course, because we got to have those things. The rifle is both stand. It looks like a standard issue. The pistol, um, I think is one of their tactical pistols, but it's bimetal, meaning it's got silver on the top for the slide. And then probably like a plastic body is what it's intended for. And um, I really like the look of it because it's it's painted, you know. Uh, there's two tact or two maybe like survival tactical knives, uh, silver blades, brown handles. And the thing I love about those is they've actually got like a little hole in the handle. You could thread a little piece of thread through there. You know, if you wanted to make it into like a survival cord type um, item, maybe hang it off a loop or something on his belt. Um, that's up to you. Now, um, tactical vests, he comes with two. Um, one looks like it's a little skinnier than the other, and the zippers maybe open a little further. Um, they look pretty good. Um, you know, they, they have basically the same type of sculpting that's on the body, and it just looks really realistic. Um, I'm really pleased with that fact. Uh, the only thing that kind of detracts from the vest at all is it's got ports all over it where you can stick on other things. So the front has five holes and the back has five holes. Um, what it doesn't have though, which kind of surprised me is it doesn't have the standard 
um, G.I. Joe peg hole for a backpack, even though the figure itself has one on his back. So, you know, however you feel about that, you can always make your own hole if you get one of the tactical vests. You know, the way I see it is uh, most of the time nowadays you don't see soldiers with those big backpacks lugging through the country and stuff. You know, they're carrying smaller things, stuff they can carry on their body easy. And to do that, this guy has um, two big pouches, two little pouches, um, two pouches that are pretty cool because they are open on the top. And I'm thinking that you could probably put magazines if you have some of the modular weapons into those. Um, a pouch set that looks like it's probably designed for um, pistols, like a, a pistol magazine. One that I'm not sure might be like shotgun or maybe a first aid kit. And then uh, two regular um, machine gun type style uh, ammo pouches with, you know, two, uh, two magazine capacity in each of them. So, uh, if you really want to add all these things to them, you could probably, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, uh, you, you'd have enough on the vest to put all those pouches on him, but he is going to be loaded out. So, um, keep that in mind. Uh, now in addition to that, he's got to have somewhere to put that pistol and those two knives. So he has, uh, two knife sheaves and, um, they look really good if you put them on his, uh, his shins off to the side, you know, you can have like a boot type knife. Um, I like them up in the tactical vest upside down and they actually hold the knives really well. So that works out. And then there's like one other little thing that I couldn't figure out and it looks like two little double loops. I thought it was maybe some kind of zip line thing, but um, my buddy Eric's over at TV and Film Toys, uh, he helped me figure it out, and he reminded me these were for grenades. So if you have any of the Marauder grenades, you can you can loop those in there and have them hanging on a vest as well, which I will probably have to do at some point just to see what it looks like. Um, now for that pistol, I forgot to mention, he actually comes with three different holsters. Um, just a couple of plain ones, one right, one left handed. So, uh, you know, you can put one on either hip and then he comes with one right-handed tactical holster too. So I really like the tactical holster. Um, I am probably going to maybe even glue that one to his leg because, uh, I really, really am digging that one. Um, all of the, the holsters and pouches and stuff, they've got little silver, you know, clasps on them. They've got the little web straps um, sculpted into them really well. Uh, you know, buckles, all sorts of things. And then they're painted on top of that. I think every, just about every accessory, from, except for maybe the open pouches, has some kind of paint. Um, I guess the knife sheaths don't either, but uh, some kind of paint, you know, on it. So, um, you know, this isn't the kind of accessory you get from just a generic uh, Walmart figure. You're, you're actually getting something that uh, is painted and intended for a, a collector or a customizer, especially. Now, speaking of customizers, the figure is intended. He doesn't have um, articulation-wise. I, I was talking, you know, he's got what seems like all the regular stuff. He actually doesn't have the mid-chest joint that some of the um, Marvel Universe figures and those kind of things have. He has a joint, a ball joint right above his waist which kind of lets him rock around that. I actually like this better, especially for figures wearing um, like a tactical vest. I think it makes more sense. Uh, you get the right kind of movement out of it. Um, it's not as limited as if I think it would have been a mid-chest mid joint. But um, from what I've read, the idea behind this joint is um, you can actually pop him apart at the waist. So instead of having to pop him apart and somehow finding out a chest and a 
you know, something to match up to that, you can actually mix and match from the waist down. So, you know, if you had the black suited guy, you could switch him out to have gray pants or, you know, gray urban camo on top and uh, black pants or, you know, whatever kind of combination you want. Um, that's kind of the whole the whole scheme behind this thing is it's, it's modular. It's almost dizzying the number of choices just, just in what you get in, in this one figure package. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of insane how many different ways you could set this guy up. Uh, you know, I might spend some time over the next week and just try and take a whole bunch of pictures, just setting them up different ways to see what I like. Um, one thing I didn't mention is he comes with, um, a clear Marauder stand. So I think I've talked about those in the past. I have some of those for my three and three quarter figures. I have them in black. This one's in clear, so it's kind of cool. Um, it also comes with a helmet, and we were talking about modular. Uh, now, he doesn't come with any of the accessories for the helmet, but there's three different places. There's one on each side of the helmet, and I imagine you can get microphones or um, mics or those kind of things to put from the side. It's kind of like a um, what you would think of as a Spartan helmet, you know, from from days of yore. But for the modern military, where it's got pieces that come down and cover up the sides of his face, but still he has an unobstructed view. Um, strangely, there's one big port in the middle. And from what I've heard, this is going to be intended for um, night vision. So you can put night vision goggles or, you know, uh, tactical light or headlamp or something there. I haven't seen what all their offerings are going to be. Uh, but this one, you know, doesn't, I didn't get anything with it, but he does come with the world's smallest piece. Well, one of the smallest things that I've seen for an action figure, and it's a little tiny plug. And what it does is it looks like an empty, um, slot or, um, mounting bracket for, you know, those kind of things. And it actually plugs into the port on the front of his head. So this will let them get a bigger peg in, um, long-term, you know, for the actual accessories. But if you want to display it without, you know, anything in that, anything on that helmet, you can, you can plug this little piece in and it, and it looks like he has an empty, empty slot on the front of his helmet. Um, you know, there's, like I said, there's all sorts of pouches. Um, I, you know, the, I'm sure there's more pouches and, and stuff than what, um, you know, what even I got, I, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, there's an accessory set. So, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of stuff out there. I, if you guys haven't figured it out, I really, really like this figure. Um, I'm really happy, really pleased. Uh, the figure, you know, feels solid. Uh, there's no, you know, no joints that are going to fall apart. Um, the leg joint did come apart on me one time when I was posing him, but it's, it's not, unlike a Marvel Universe figure on how that part's put together. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it because, you know, as, as an adult collector, I guess, you know, most of the time I'm going to set something up and then uh, if I got to fiddle with it a little bit. But most of the stuff that I've been doing with them, I haven't had that issue. Um, not as bad as any of the Marvel Universe figures that I have. Uh, I just, I can't say enough. I, I just am really, really impressed and stoked because... I really want to see now what the boss fight figures are going to look like because they did some of the work on this. And if this is what this figure looks like is just a plain military dude. Um, you know, I can't wait to get that skeleton in my hand and that Medusa in my hand because it is going to be, I think really cool. So, um, like I said, you guys can probably tell I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, 
I can't go ten less than ten out of ten for this. It, it's just a uh, flawless execution. Yeah, I know there was a little hiccup where they they had to go back and and retool some things, but um, you know they marauded through the whole process. They were real transparent in in their issues and were upfront with us. You know, hey, we're having problems. This is what's happening. So um, I can't complain there. Uh, and like I said, it's really a flawless execution. The figure it it would not look out of place standing next to any other three and three quarter inch figure in your collection. Uh, any GI Joe figure, I mean, it, it'll stand up next to them and it will look fine. It feels like a production figure. It doesn't feel like, um, like a resin copy or something, which is what I was really afraid of. Um, it's just perfect. Uh, you know, it's that perfect generic soldier. And I'd probably put him up there with two of my favorite GI Joe figures. That being the, uh, Cobra Shock Trooper and the G.I. Joe Pit Trooper. Um, if you have those two figures, he's that same kind of generic soldier, uh, fit right in. And you can know you can build squads of these guys and I think really have something. Um, so I can't wait for them to get more stuff in their, up in their store, uh, because, you know, I'm either going to have to order some more figures or accessories or who knows what. So anyway, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, go tell your friends. And uh, if you got some of these, let me know what you guys think. Cause I want to hear too. So after this, uh, we'll be right back. Hey kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous plumbers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You wanna know? We'll make some super? Cause they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brainless sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army, those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Bros. action figures, from Earl. But don't worry, they're not real. Well, it is time for our third and final Toy of the Week in this episode, and I think it's going to be a doozy. So over <laughs> to you, Ben. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying collecting the Sideshow Premium Format statues uh, in the DC line, and uh, we've had a pretty good run with some big names, and so it came as a bit of a surprise when Sideshow announced that they were doing Lobo. The, uh, what? The- the, the Bounty Hunter Lobo. Um, and that was a bit of a curveball because um, he hasn't been particularly prevalent, um, you know, in, in current DC comics. Well, let's not even go into that. Uh, um, uh, uh, uh. So, you know, while they were doing the big guns and villains and that sort of thing, this one really, um, yeah, sort of came out of left field. So I took one look at it and went, holy dooly, um, mm-hmm. how are they actually going to be able to do this because it's incredibly detailed? Uh, I jumped in immediately and um, got the exclusive, which I'll talk about a bit later. So, look, this is uh, Sideshow Collectibles. It is a 2015 release, came in for me last week. It is a premium format statue, which means it's quarter scale. Now, now that's interesting because Lobo is, um, I guess, including the base, he's about 24 inches tall to the top of his hair. Oh, my. Um, yeah, so that's about 61 centimetres. So that includes probably an inch of base. Um, so I guess if you wanted to be um, picky about it, that would scale up to about seven and a half feet. 
um, which is actually probably not quite right because I think Lobo is about six and a half feet tall. But anyway, um, that's a story for another discussion and it doesn't phase me at all. Uh, he is actually 28 and a half inches. That's 72 and a half centimetres to the top of his gun. So he's oh holding my. a gun in his left hand and it's pointing up. So he's monstrous in terms of display. It's quite big. Um, I'm also going to talk about Dog. Now, Dog, D-A-W-G, is his uh, faithful companion um, for a number of his adventures. Um, Dog was actually a separate premium format piece that was available. Um, And Dog is about um, 8 inches or 20 centimetres tall on his base, and he's about 9 inches or 22, nearly 23 centimetres long. So he is actually quite big as well. Um, So they were solicited as separate pieces, but you had the opportunity to buy both together um, and get a bundle deal. Now... Um, I'm going to talk a lot about the detail in this uh, statue, the the Lobo statue, and, of course, Dorg as well, and uh, it's pretty insane. Um, But it did uh, come with a price. When Lobo was solicited, he was um, $580, and to my knowledge... Yes, to my knowledge, that actually made him the most expensive premium format statue... um, that they've done in the DC and Marvel lines. Um, mm. Dog was actually 135. Uh, a lot of people questioned whether he was worth it, and we'll get to that a bit later. Um, if you did actually get the two of them together um, when they were first solicited, you actually got a $20 discount. I honestly don't know how much I paid for mine because I used reward points for my initial purchase. Um, and I actually purchased this guy because I had so many points at the time. I did a normally I do flex pay, which is a collector's best friend. But I actually did the um, the one sort of lump sum, paid my deposit with reward points, etc. Um, plus, if you can remember my Wonder Woman premium format debacle, I actually had um, credit with Sideshow, and I asked that my credit be applied to Lobo. Um, so by the time I apply my reward points and my Uh, credit that I had with them, Um, then you have shipping, then you have the exchange rate. I honestly don't know how much I paid for him, but um, (laughs) it still wasn't cheap by any means. Um, Not the most I've paid for a statue, but uh, I think he'd be on the podium. (laughs) Um, So anyway, uh, the exclusive version of Lobo uh, is limited to a 1,000, and Dog is actually limited to 1,500. Um, What's really interesting is because of the price, Lobo, even the exclusive version of Lobo, um, was still available until recently on Sideshow's website. But once this guy hit um, people's collector, you know, collecting tables and they started reviewing him, um, he quickly sold out. He he Mm -hmm. sold out in about two days. Uh, The... Regular version is still available, and that has a limited edition. I think there was about two and a half thousand of that one. What's really interesting there is between the regular and the uh, the exclusive, you're looking at about three and a half thousand, but you're only looking at fifteen hundred for dog. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be chasing um, poor old dog. I think he's he's going to be a bit of a uh, a sleeper. So anyway, um, yeah, big bucks, big, big bucks. Um, mine came together. Numbers aren't even close. I think uh, I think Lobo's 791 and Dog's about 680 or something. Oh, dear. How um, does that was, sit with you? I, I don't. I'm not fussed, really. I'm, really? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Look. <laughs> okay, maybe a little. 
<laughs> Thank you. I feel so much better now. Yeah. I, I think what was actually really funny is one of the first guys to post uh, pictures of his statue on Facebook said he couldn't tell what number his was because it looked really odd. And whoever has done the numbering on this statue, they've obviously sat there and, and done them all. Um, they've actually done the nine in reverse. Uh-oh. So the nine kind of looks like a P. So anyone who got a nine in their addition number um, has this weird numeral um, in it and it looks quite odd. And so, you know, mine's 791, but it actually looks like 7P1. Mm. It's, um, it's quite bizarre. Uh, if you ever decide to sell it, it's the rare variant. That's right. That's P right. edition. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was nice. It was amusing because then other people went, hey, I've got a nine in mine and it's back to front as well. So um, whoever they got to do it, you know. That is funny. Say. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the good stuff. Um, the box is freaking gigantic. Um, it is on par with Superman and Batman, which oh is um, interesting because he doesn't have the cape that those guys do, um, but the box is still <clears throat> freaking huge. Um, the box is nothing to write home about. Uh, Sideshow are really odd in, yeah. in how they approach their box art. Um, it's, it's kind of weird that you can get, um, you know, one box will actually come with really nice kind of control art and you can see the original art that mm. inspired the statue or, you know, it might have some graphics um, to, you know, that relate to the character like Batman had all the bats and things like that. Then you get something clever like they did with Deadpool. Um, Lobo is pretty uninspiring. Uh, it's a black box. It's got the Lobo um, font from from his comic um, and it's got a kind of a, a gritty kind of gravel type appearance and that's pretty much it <coughs> and uh, dog has the exact same thing so no. dog's box is black and dog is written in a lobo type font um and that's it very kind of eh. yeah but anyway um look inside is your typical styrofoam unfortunately they have not gone with that um that nice gray styrofoam that is uh. um, a, a lot more dense they've gone with the white styrofoam um what I found when I opened it was the, there's actually so many pieces to this statue. There's there's billions. Um, <laughs> is a number of the little sort of pockets or, or holes where they've put stuff are very very close to the outside edge of the polystyrene um, to the point where a couple of the little pockets on mine the, the polystyrene had actually broken. Um, you know, with a, I'd say with a small press, pressure, you know, point, um, they've given way. So. I don't know whether they should have just gone for a slightly bigger box or, or what the go was. But fortunately, look, um, I haven't had a good run with Sideshow recently, so I, I have to admit to having slight panic as I sort of opened it. Yeah. Um, but I was very lucky. Mine is flawless. Every, every single piece uh, is as it should be. No um, no breakages or, or anything like that. So that was, uh, that was nice. All right, well, once you get that sucker open, and I uh, made the crucial mistake of not taking a photo, um, so I quickly oh, hunted, no. one up. <laughs> I hunted one up online and saved it because um, I think I'm going to need it if I ever have to repack this guy. Yeah. Um, I think I'll talk a little bit about, I guess, before I, I you know, the, the styrofoam box is there and it's done, it's, look, you know, it's, it's collector-friendly, I guess. Um, before I get to the sculpt, I'll, I'll talk quickly about the fact that this is inspired by um, the Simon Bisley version of Lobo. Now, Lobo was around for a long time um, in, in stuff like Amiga Men, Legion, Rebels, and that sort of thing. And 
he did actually change during that time to have the um you know the the leather vest kind of appearance but really it was his original mini series in about 1990 where um Simon Bisley doing art duty really gave us the the definitive look of Lobo that we know today so you know, he was the one that added the dreadlocks and you know the bite me fanboy back patch on the, the back of his vest and <laughs> all that sort of stuff that we now take for for granted I guess with Lobo um I wasn't familiar with the character until that mini series so I have to say you know I I've read about 3 legion comics in my life and that's nothing against legion um I just you know, often get overwhelmed and uh, and give up. Um, so I had never read any of his appearances until that miniseries came out. And the only reason I actually picked it up is because Simon Bisley was doing the art and I was already familiar with his work. So, um, so look, I, I love Lobo. He's a, he's a fun version of, um, you know, the, the superhero, the, the anti-hero stereotype. Um, he was originally created to, as a piss take, of um, Wolverine and Punisher and that that anti-hero popularity and of course mm. um, it backfired because he took off and yeah. he became DC's version. Uh, if you've never read the Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special, it's one of the greatest comics um, ever <laughs> produced. It's, it's hilarious. Um, and look, you know, you're a Lobo fan or you're not, and uh, I've always just you know. Uh, you get some pretty serious storylines happening in some of the other comics, and Lobo's always been good, clean, fun, despite his um, his love of um, carnage. So getting on to the sculpt, this is um, a piece done by Martin. Oh, now, I hope I actually get his, his name right here. He's from Argentina, so um, I'll probably butcher it. Um, but it's actually Martin Canal and the Gore Group. Now, if you Google Martin Canal uh, or the Gore Group uh, and sculpt, you can pretty much go, oh, yeah, and Martin has had a hand in some of Sideshow's greatest pieces, including the um, the original Captain America and Thor um, and, of course, the Superman and Batman premium format statues. Like, this guy is just... You know, th- this guy should do all the dudes and Mark <laughs> should do all the chicks and I'd be very, very happy. Um, sculpt is just flawless. Like it's, um, oh, I don't even know where to start. So it's it's Lobo kind of leaning back, holding up his his huge gun. Um, the pose does change a little if you if you turn it. So I've actually got him uh, displayed sort of slightly rotated and I think it adds a, a bit more to it. Uh the sculpt, there's, oh, my God, there's just so much happening in, in this statue. Um, you know, basically you've got from from the waist down, Lobo uh, has the, the premium format mixed media, so he's got the leather pants. Um, he's got his uh, his traditional sort of knee pads, which are those um, skulls. He's got the, the greaves that cover his shins, and then he's got his big boots. Um, beautifully sculpted. There's lots of wear on the boots. The, the knee uh, pads have, you know, lots of wear on them as well, so there's lots of little grooves everywhere. Um, what's insane about the leather pants is they actually have metal rings down the side and there's actually cord that's actually threaded through them. Hmm. Um, and it's all actual real cord. Uh, it's not sculpted. It's actually legitimate, um, you know, part of the material. So it's just amazing. And then, um, you know, Lobo himself looks fantastic. There's, he's got veinage. He's even got skin texture. Um, he's got a, a holster on his hip. Um, with a pistol in it and the, the strap that actually goes from the um, 
the holster around his leg is actually that sort of faux leather. Uh, he has two belts. He has one belt that I guess you would say is probably the one that holds up his pants, and then you've actually got the one that the, the pistol holster is on. Um, he then has his uh, traditional vest that he wears, his sort of biker vest. Um, what's actually really cool about this is, once again, you've got that faux leather, but it's got the zip um, on it as well. Um, but then when you turn it around, you get the, the that famous Bite Me fanboy back patch with lots of little um, metal rivets <laughs> that run through it, and it's actually laced together like the pants. You've got under his arms, you've got the little rings with the... The, the cord running through it. So, you know, fantastic use of the mixed media, really, really quite clever. Um, he comes with two portraits. You've got a choice of what head you'd like to display. The You've got the classic head, which I guess is that, that Keith Giffen uh, swept back hair um, where he's got sort of a really big grin on his face, like a menacing grin. Um, and the other head is the Simon Beasley dreadlock version and he's got a cigar in his mouth and so um, he's got more of a um, sort of a menacing look on his face. Hmm. Um, I love both heads equally, um, but I think with just this particular costuming um, that they've chosen, I think the Beasley head just comes out um, on top. Uh, and that's the one I've actually got displayed. Now, the way the dreads actually hang down around his shoulders, um, I was actually concerned that there might be a um, a problem with the head sitting on top of the jacket. But the way they've actually manufactured it, there's actually just enough gap that if you took the, the vest off, you would actually see a small gap between the hair and the body. So they've actually accounted for the depth of the, of the vest. So the head sits on perfectly. Um, so both heads are just beautifully sculpted. The hair looks fantastic. The dreads have their their little sort of, um, you know, pockmarked effect. Even the cigar looks like it's actually been rolled. You can see the, the layers in it. Um, you know, the creases in his face and around his mouth are, are beautifully done. So are the, um, oh, I guess, the, the facial markings. I don't, they're not actually tattoos. The, the sort of um, black around his eyes and, of course, the, the moustache type thing that he has. All very, very well done. Um, Lobo comes with just the single left hand. So when you take him out of the box, you basically take his body and you put it into the base um, and he has no hands and he has no head. Now, the base is actually fairly generic. Um, there's nothing really much to talk about here. Uh, it's very nicely done. And I think what's really important here is that they haven't gone overboard and, and therefore it doesn't actually take away anything from the statue. Mm. Um, you get the impression that it's kind of like the the deck of a, a spaceship or something like that. It's, got, it's sort of got a very, um, very sort of metallic feel to it and some bits and bobs and, uh, yeah, nothing really happening. Quite, quite nice. Um, it's got a little bit of detail on it. There's some spent shell casings and, and things like that, and a little bit more I'll get to later. So um, you put Lobo into the base, and then you go about choosing heads, and you go about choosing hands. Now, left hand, as I said, is holding a rather large gun, um, something they've just made up for the statue. It has no... Um, you know, no no place in, in the Lobo law that I know of. Beautifully detailed. It's very heavily weathered. Uh, it's got a wooden stock that is very detailed. You can see the, the cuts and the marks, and he's made little notches for the people that he's fragged, etc. Um, hugely detailed in, in the gun, and it fits on quite nicely with a magnet, so I think that's quite important. Um, then we get to the right hand, and this is where things get a, quite fun. 
Um, if you actually purchase the exclusive version of this statue, then you, you get an optional right hand that features Lobo holding a skull that's on fire. Uh, and this is just an amazing piece because mm. um, the, fl- the flames are actually translucent. Um, so they've done that in a in sort of a, a clear um, sort of pl- plastic and a translucent orange um, plastic and it looks fantastic. And he's obviously used the burning skull to light his cigar, so that goes well with the Bisley head. Um, there's even sort of an orange hue to the, the fingertips, um, which is quite interesting. So why this is actually fun is because Lobo also comes with his traditional um, hook, that he has with the, the chain attached to it. Now, if you display the the exclusive flaming head, um, you do have the option of um, wrapping the chain around his forearm and then having the hook just sort of hang off it um, or hanging underneath his arm. However, um, if you actually use the regular right arm, he's actually holding the hook in his hand um, and therefore the chain wraps around his wrist and then just plugs into the bottom of it. So ergo, he actually comes with two hooks. So, you know, in theory, you can have the second hook actually hanging underneath as well. So um, so it's quite nifty. Um, so pretty quickly you get your choice of um, head, your choice of arm happening. You put the left arm with the gun on and he's looking pretty darn slick. Um, but then you keep looking through the box and you go, what is all this extra stuff? Well, this is where it gets quite fun. Um, Lobo comes with quite a few ammo pouches or, or various pouches that you can attach to his belt. There are quite a few of them. Um, there's, they come in pairs. There's a, a large set, a medium set, and a small set. Uh, and on the back of each is a little plastic clip, and it allows you to just sort of clip it um, over his belt around his waist. And you can actually apply those in any way you want, so any order that you want. Um, it's it's nice, and it, it gives you, um, you know, a little bit of room to have some fun. But I actually found that once I'd applied two or three of the pouches, it actually started to get quite tight, and mm. I was struggling to get some of the others on. So I thought, hey, why don't I just undo the belt, put all the pouches on, and then just put the belt back on. But I actually found I couldn't get the belt buckle done up again. So that actually took um, quite a lot of fiddling. And the thing is that the pouches are all separately um, placed in the styrofoam. So there's little kind of um, recessed bits everywhere through the packaging where all these pouches go. So it really is quite overwhelming when you first take that top cover off because there's just stuff everywhere. Hmm. So, um, look, you know, I got most of them on. I think I got five out of the six before I thought, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it a bit too far if I, if I go any further. So I left one of them in the, in the box. And then I thought, well, I've got extra stuff here. Why have I got extra stuff here? <laughs> um, then I took one little sort of packet and I unwrapped it. And it's actually no Lobo, uh, Nobos. It's Lobo's necklace. Uh, and this is that sort of iron cross type um, necklace that he wears. And I thought, ah, okay. That's pretty cool. So you pop his head off and then you slowly um, lower his, his head back on, which is held with a magnet. Uh, what was um, some hilarity ensued because every time I tried to lower the head down, the chain on the necklace would suddenly jump off, off his neck and oh, attach dear. to the head as I was lowering it. So you need about four hands to try and hold it down and push the head down. But um, Excellent. It's a team sport. 
It is. It yeah. is. So, uh, so look, you know, you, you've got a bit of uh, room to, to display it there between the, the dreads and it looks quite nice. Uh, and there was still more to go. And uh, I unwrapped another bit and it's actually just a, I, I guess it's a, Oh, I don't know. It's it's a skull basically, um, and it's a skull that's you know all beat up and damaged. And there's a hole in Lobo's base between his feet where you can actually pop the skull as an extra display piece. So you know that's um that's all the bits that that go. There's you know it's it's a lot of fun putting it together. I certainly don't have any other statues with this level of detail. Um, I should probably talk a little bit. Uh, I mean, I talked about the sculptor. I think it's. You know, the, the use of the mixed media, um, you know, Martin Canal has, has nailed the portraits. Everything about it is is fantastic. Um, I should talk a little bit about the paint. Um, my paint is flawless. I, I haven't seen neat paint on a sideshow statue like this for quite some time. Um, yeah. There's not an, a lot of opportunity for bleed, uh, for colours where they meet each other. Um, probably the biggest concern would be the faces. Um, but that's all done uh, exceptionally well to the point where there's even a bit of gloss in his um, on his pupils to make them stand out a bit more. Um, one thing that's interesting is when you sort of look at the statue, he does give off a bit of a blue hue, um, which I think a few diehards might be a bit annoyed because Lobo was meant to be chalk white, um, but I think they've done a really good job of highlighting it. You can see they've airbrushed. Um, sort of a light blue to sort of bring out some of the, the, the colour and then they've done sort of a darker colour in those recesses like on his abs to sort of give that definition. Um, I don't mind it at all. I, I'm not sort of picky enough to say that, hey, that's the wrong shade of whatever. Uh, I think they've done a, a great job. I mean, this much skin means that uh, an awful lot of highlighting is necessary to give it depth, and I think they've done a, a remarkable job. The highlighting on things like the hair and the dreads is perfect. Um, they've really sort of um, uh, got some nice detail on the, the top of the dreads, or sorry, the, the top of his hair that hasn't become dreads yet. Uh, but where it really shines is the weathering on things like the hooks. Um, the hooks have, you know, that silver paint and then that sort of... Uh, gradually lighter tone to give a really weathered beat up look the gun is fantastic in in the weathering particularly the wooden stock they've really got that wooden grain effect with um, all the chunks out of it to show a, a different color and then things like the knee pads which of course are blue with um, the white stars on them there's you know excessive amounts of detailing that, that really bring those out um, it, it's astonishing is the only word i can use even the, the straps that hold the greaves on Lobo's shins are actually that faux leather. They're not actually sculpted. So um, that's another little sort of mixed media piece as well. And, you know, like the greaves are all beaten. There's grooves in them everywhere and there's multiple colours showing, um, making them really look worn. So in terms of the paint, uh, I just, I, I can't fault it every everything is is spot on with mine so i'll quickly switch to dog i won't spend too much time with dog um dog is a, a space bulldog um and he gets around with lobo uh he's um, the sculpt is actually a lot of fun he's heavily muscled um they've come about as close as they can to making him anatomically correct if you catch my drift um, <laughs> without making him offensive 
Um, Dorg does actually come with his own base and its theme is very much like Lobo's. It actually um, has that same sort of look and feel, that sort of metallic sort of thing. Um, probably the only thing I'm not a big fan of is there's actually a, a, a bit of an attempt at a nameplate. It looks like it's been scratched in by a, with a knife or something. So it's all well and fine. Um, and the main reason I don't really care that they've done that is because um, you can choose to display Dorg on his own um, and put him on his little base or you can take Dog, and the foot peg fits in very well with that um, that aforementioned one that I mentioned. Aforementioned one that I mentioned. Yeah, great English. Uh, as opposed um, to the aforementioned one that you didn't mention. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and he actually positions beautifully between Lobo's feet. So if you have Dog, you can display them together um, and get rid of that skull. And uh, he he pops in very nicely between Lobo. I had no problems whatsoever getting uh, either of those foot pegs into the base. Um, so look, yeah, the sculpt on Dog is fantastic. Where things I think were a little bit let down is um, Dog has uh, some really nice highlights uh, with his skin texture, particularly some greys and and the pink inside his ears that are all really well done. He has the glossy red eyes as well, which are uh, really nicely um, detailed, but. What they've done is they've used a bit of a black wash around the edge of those, um, uh, you know, what are the, the flaps that hang down on the, the side of a bulldog on his cheeks? And they've used that black wash and they've kind of just painted it over the white paint. So it um, it kind of just looks like a black wash applied to white paint. Uh, I think it could have been a bit bit a bit more detail or, or I don't know, a, a neater hand could have applied it. But uh, hmm. look, the rest of him, like his, you know, his off-putting teeth and, and things like that are all really nicely done with the, the really sort of grubby red gums. Um, so look, I think a bit more attention to Dog would have been nice. Um, but, you know, he's certainly not the one you're looking at when the two of them are displayed together. So they, they look really, really nice together. I can't fault the sculpt on, on Dog at all. He, he looks great. Um, so, moving on, um, there's no articulation, obviously, with this. There are oodles of accessories. Um, you know, what was amazing when this figure hit and the reviews started coming out was the number of people that went, um, I don't know who this guy is, but he looks awesome. Other uh, people said, I'm not a fan of Lobo at all, but that is a beautiful statue. And I think that's what sort of generated those last-minute sales that, yeah. that um, he sold out. This is just an exceptional piece. It is just epic in every way. And Sideshow have completely nailed it. Some might say that for the price they should have, um, but it is... <coughs> oh, jeez. <coughs> I feel guilty almost saying this, but um, if Justin was here, he'd probably be crying blue murder. But, you know, if I could award an 11 out of 10, this would be it. Like, well, this is... you can. There is precedence for <laughs> There that. is. There yeah. is. Yes, Captain yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Um, look, everything about this statue is perfect, you know, right down to the details on his fingernails, which are grubby and and you know and split and things like that to the texture on the pistol grip of his gun um it's it's just an amazing piece um i I just i can't i can't fault it he's heavy i I believe that from the waist down he's solid polystone but the torso is actually hollow but um he's very big and very heavy once he's he's sort of together and 
you know, look, I just I have to give it, if I'm going to give it the maximum I'm allowed, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. If I could, I'd give it more. So, Good on you. Yeah, so you should. I mean, it's great to find things that even if, you know, you're trying to, I mean, not that you're trying to find fault, but, you know, when we're reviewing things, we're trying to not just look at them through rose-colored glasses, but to flag to people things that they might have issues with. And to not find any is awesome. There should be more of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, look, it's every every element is just perfect. And this is a return to, to what we loved about the sideshow of old. I mean, you know, even the metal chain is is like a foot and a half long because, you know, you, you wrap it quite a few times around his wrist. Um, I do have some concerns about if you, if you move the chain too much, it, it might actually mark the paint on his forearm. Um, mm-hmm. but I won't be moving mine anytime soon. No, no chain moving. So, no. <laughs> so, hurrah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. And that is a great way to wrap up our Toys of the Week for this episode. Well, there's just one thing left to do for this episode, and that is to do some feedback. So we'll go away for a moment, and we'll come back with the feedback. Hooray. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> the Shadow Knows. The evil Khan calls on his fiendish friend, Dr. Makino. But Ninja Shadow, with blazing eyes, has the power to stop them. Makino and Khan take off. Ninja Shadow chases them in his mirage, each sold separately. Will they get away? Who knows? <laughs> the Shadow Knows. Now you can get a free Shadow Agent's ring. It changes. Just like in the movie. Send in two proofs of purchase for many Shadow toys for your free Shadow hologram ring. Wow. The Shadow Knows. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And you may even hear it read out. And Scotty, you've got some feedback. I do. We are continuing to um, discuss what... Uh, licenses Funko doesn't have yet, so we haven't seen in Pops. <laughs> Last week on the show, we mentioned, I don't know why we were talking about, that they hadn't done Breakfast Club yet. And right after the show went up, uh, Patrick Eukers, um <laughs> posted and said, Funko does listen, they just made these Breakfast Club Pops, <laughs> um, put them up last night. Uh, and sure enough, they're doing Breakfast Club. <laughs> I know. We also talked about that there were no short circuit pops yet and he said i'd say get to work on your stephanie speck custom but the short circuit pop should be released by 5 p.m this evening <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh lamar the revenger uh, aka dean schaefer posted on our facebook page a little bit confusing i think it could be a typo um he said guys i just was a fisher stevens pop <laughs> i'm hoping that he meant saw because <laughs> if he was, if he just was a Fisher Stevens pop, then I think we have issues. Or he just wants one. <laughs> I think he means he just saw one. So he, he was in short circuit, wasn't he? He was the yes. big nose fellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't think there are short circuit pops, but <laughs> I'm sure Fisher Stevens has been in other things which I have erased from my memory, um, and maybe one of them has been made um, into a pop. But anyway, please keep them coming. If nothing else, it's very amusing. Conan. I want Conan. Oh, that's a good point. Mm. That one just came to me. There you go. Well, you never know. By the time the show comes out. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, by breakfast. (laughs) Josie and the Pussycats. There you go. Oh, yeah, good point. Mm. I was a big fan of them as a kid. (laughs) 
<laughs> we shall see. <laughs> All right, I think we did it. So we did. the internet cannot keep us down. Nope. No way. Kept John down, but there you go. <laughs> Indeed. But you know, at least at least if it only keeps us down selectively and never the whole group at once, then we'll we'll keep pouring these episodes out for you. That's right, and we've yet to have to uh, use smoke signals. That's right. <laughs> that would make a very interesting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think John is saying fire is now out of control. Please call fire brigade. <laughs> Yeah, please. All right, well, I think we did it. Goodbye, everybody. All right, see you next time. (laughs) Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. First world, first world problem. Okay, so you'll do you'll intro the news. Uh, as in to do uh, as in you want me to do the before we get to our main yeah, features. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. And then do you want me to throw over to you, or do you want me to go first? No, no. You, then you go. Then you can go first. All right. Yeah. Cool. Or do you want me to intro it and then you go? No, that's all. Right. Uh, Either either this one. Yeah. Okay, you, you do it. Okay, here we go. I'm just <laughs> too bloody polite. <laughs> no, no, you go. No, no. All right, here we go. <laughs> in So, no. <laughs> so, hurrah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. And that is a great way to wrap up our Toys of the Week for this episode. We've got one more thing to do before we leave you, and that is to tell us all the great things. What the hell? I have no idea. No, I don't think I really did. Yeah. The opportunity to have a coughing fit. Yeah. I don't think I had it at all, actually. So, I think you're being very generous. Okay, five, what the hell, four, 